0: Decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics as well as the biggest news stories and news makers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's
1: your host, Donald Ware.
2: got it tuned to another edition of Vox to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We've got a jammed, packed show for you today here. As a matter of fact, joining us in about, uh, about three minutes, three to four minutes or so, Marshall, head football coach, Charles Huff, going to join us on the program. Charles Huff, a graduate of Hampton, and Marshall is 4-0 on the season, getting ready to be on the road to face North Carolina State on Saturday here in Raleigh. And he's one of two or three black coaches at the FBS level whose teams are undefeated. One of the other coaches is Mike Loxley. He's got that... Boy, he's got that Maryland program really rocking and rolling. We hope to has, have, as a matter of fact, Mike Loxley, the head football coach at Maryland, on the program on next week. A lot is going on, as a matter of fact. So, so again, Charles Huff going to join us. And, by the way, we're bringing back our celebrity guest picker on today's program and that celebrity celebrity guest picker who will also be our guest on the program Michael Bivens Michael Bivens of New Edition and BBD fame going to join us today here on Box Tarot very much looking forward to that conversation week 6 in HBCU football And you've got a couple of games of note. I've got my eye on the West Virginia State and Notre Dame of Ohio football game because West Virginia State sits atop the Mountain East Conference right now. So that's an important game. It's a road game. You don't want to look past Notre Dame. So it's an important game for the Yellow Jackets. And I really believe the way that the Yellow Jackets are playing football. I mean, if you look at the Yellow Jackets last year, uh they were on the the wrong side of some of those close losses uh on the right side of a couple of these games, although the one game i the 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 school that the yellow jackets played escapes me but it was a um it wasn't robert Morris it was somebody else but anyway it was a an f c s opponent and West Virginia state almost won that game but again only one loss on the season ranked in the Division 2 HBCU Coaches Poll, which, by the way, you can find on our website at BoxToRow.com. A couple of other games that we'll talk about as well a little bit later on in the program. You can join us. Hit us up via X at Boxtoro, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X, the number two, R O W. And at Boxtoro.com, you can find the latest HBCU coaches and media polls on our website at com. Also, I will talk about the HBCU National Players of the Week. Three HBCU National Players of the Week. Going to talk about them a little bit later on in the program. We're going to keep things moving here on Row, Joined by a gentleman in his third season as the head football coach, at Marshall, You know, we had him on the program last year, and I said this last year, and I haven't had anyone to dispute it as of yet. He is the second HBCU graduate to be a head coach at an FBS program. Marshall, 4-0 on the season, going to be on the road. As a matter of fact, right here in Raleigh on Saturday, taking on NC State as Charles Huff joins us here uh, on Box to Row. Coach Huff, what's going on? Welcome back to the program.
1: Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. Um, obviously, you didn't get too many poor ratings uh, from my first time being on, so um, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I uh, really appreciate you guys you know, keeping an eye on us, following us. Um, it's been a good year. Uh, we're excited. Still got a lot of work to do, but we're excited about the opportunity.
2: And I'd be remiss if I didn't. And, and first of all, I think we got some great reviews, because I think the conversation you and I had last year – was was really, really good, and we'll get a little bit more into that. I'd be remiss if I, if I did not mention that you're on a nine-game winning streak. That said, you said that we're paying attention to you. But some of the writers are not, and the coaches, they're not paying attention to you, Coach. Off. You guys should be. You've beaten an AAC opponent. You've beaten an, 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 uh, a, a Power 5 opponent in Virginia Tech. You're on a nine-game winning streak, yet you're not ranked in the top 25.
1: I mean, there's people that make a lot more money than me to make those decisions. Um, and honestly, you know, it's, I, I, I'm a person, that I'm, I'm lucky, I don't have a lot of stress in my life other than third down. <laughs> and it really comes from really not worrying about things you can't control. You know, we were ranked in the top 25 at the bottom, at the top, not ranked. We still have to go out and play really well this week against NC State. We still have to go out and, you know, prepare and take care of our bodies for the rest of the season. So, we focus on the things we can control. You know, I think you create value in what you do every day. Um, so I just try to get my players, that you know, it's the same thing with our players. There's some lists that our players think they should be on, maybe not should be on. I try to get them to focus on what you can control, and that's coming out every day, preparing really well, um, getting ready to go play really hard and execute consistently. Ultimately, the good Lord will put you where you need to be when you need to be there. Um, but those people who make a lot more money than me don't think we should be on it, so we just keep chipping away. Um, and, and and trying to find a way to get better and get ready for this week.
2: When we're off the air, I'm going to translate that for my listeners a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Once we're <laughs> once I, I got you, I, you know. And, and you're right. I mean, but 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 it, in saying that, I mean, you're right. You you can only control what you can control. So you're going to go out and play, and you've done that uh, very very well. Let me get your thoughts on the victory, a conference game um, over uh, your last game over ODU. Uh, your thoughts on your team's performance and the victory.
1: Yeah, I, I think the one thing our team is is it's extremely resilient. I think it's extremely gritty. Um, you know, your your effort, and your attitude, how hard we play, that's a non-negotiable in our program, so we're going to do that. We've got to execute more consistently. ODU is a really good football team, and they use a scheme uh, very similar to the old Baylor scheme where they got really, really super wide splits on offense, and they really box count it. and They force you to defend one or the other. Um, and they made some plays against us. They put us in some situations where we weren't able to play our base defense that we have a ton of reps at. We had to adjust some things and they took advantage of it. But I was really um proud that our guys, you know, kinda kept battling. Our guys found a way to settle down on defense enough so that the offense could, you know, take advantage of some of the things that they had out there and then our special team showed up. So a really good team win. You know, obviously there's a lot of things we love to go back and clean up, but what we can point out from from this victory throughout the rest of the season is all three phases are going to have to step up at some point. Um, And those games, when they're needed, you got to be ready to step up. Hopefully we can play a lot cleaner next week because this opponent is definitely going to be a challenge, but I think we can learn, you know, all three phases stepped up. We got resiliency. We got grit. Um, And if you keep chomping away at it long enough, you ultimately put yourself in a good position.
2: What do you have or who is, I I should say, Cam Fancher, Uh, Your quarterback, he had 278 yards passing in the victory um, over uh, ODU. What what do you – and also, I mean, he's he's a dual-threat guy, ran for 102 yards. What do you have in this young man?
1: Yeah, I think we got a really special player. I mean, he's not – he doesn't have as many games under his belt to where you can compare him to some of the other guys. and You could say he's this or he's that. But what I've watched him do since the day he's got here is he's grown from a kid who – Wouldn't hardly say anything now to a kid that's commanding in the huddle, a kid that's, you know, getting on guys for doing what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it the way it's supposed to be done. I've watched him do what so many kids refuse to do um, in today's world, which is compete um, and not complain or not compare. Um, You know, just go out and compete. Don't worry about, well, this person got two reps and I got one. Make your rep the best ever. And, And that's what he's done. And to watch his growth and maturity from day one to now, um, and to know how much room he still got to go, um, we've got something special. And as long as we can keep him healthy and keep him improving, um, I think we got a chance to really maximize some of his talents. And the people around him have a chance to benefit from that. Charles Huff
2: in his third season as the head football coach at, uh, of course, Marshall joins us here on Box to Row. Of course, Coach Huff is a Hampton grad. And we'll talk a little bit more um, about that. I mean, your running game also coach office is really, really getting it done. And it begins uh, with Rasheen Ali. I mean, this is a young man that's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. I mean, my goodness in four football games, he's already got nine rushing touchdowns uh, speak about him and uh, how well he's playing.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we all got a chance to see him a couple years ago when he burst on the scene as a freshman and, really kind of took the nation by storm. And then he got hurt last year and was out some time. Um, and what he's done is he's really just kind of picked up where he left off. You know, when he got hurt, it gave him a chance to kind of step back and really look at, you know, the game of football. You know, the worst thing that could happen to him that happened to any, you know, really good player. Freshman year, he comes on, no experience, no no background, no anything, and he has an unbelievable year. So sometimes you think some of the things that uh, got you there just happened. You know, but when he got an injury, he realized – hey, I got to take care of my body. I got to study more film. I got to, you know, go back and look at how I can repeat this or what I need to do to improve. He trimmed his body down. Um, He's really big into the Muslim faith, you know, so he really got into his faith. And this year, he's came back and he's done an unbelievable job. Obviously, a lot of the people around him have a lot to do with his success. But, you know, you watch his explosion, his twitch, his body control, those type of things. Um, I, I think he's a Sunday back. You know, I mean, obviously, again, there are people who make more money than me to make those decisions. But I've been blessed enough to be around a couple guys who are playing on Sundays in my career, and he has all those traits. The
2: numbers would suggest – you can't always go by the numbers, but, I mean, if I look at the numbers, I look at your your pass defense, the numbers would suggest uh, not only that 143 – you're only giving up 143 yards per game – that it's really, really good because teams rush almost as much as they pass the football – Against you, how good, in fact, is your pass defense?
1: Well, I think our pass defense is good because you know, up until last week, we had a really good run defense. You know, we were able to stop the run, so we're putting guys in advantageous passing situations for us: third and long, second and ten, um, in those type of situations. And when teams didn't feel or don't feel like they can just line up and run the ball on you you can kind of really predict the, the the routes and the route combinations. If they need 10 yards, you really don't need to cover the five-yard out. Um, you know, So what we've been able to do is play complementary defense. Last week we had a few breakdowns, and if you look at the stats, our rust defense isn't as good because of that. But traditionally we've been really, really good at stopping the run, which puts most teams in unadvantageous passing situations. And our DBs and our DB coaches do a really good job of knowing you know, hey, it's third and seven. You know, I got to protect the sticks. I can give away the two or three yard ball on the flat and rally and tackle it. Um, you know, hey, here are the routes they run on third and seven. So I think again, because of our complementary defense, it's allowed each unit—the DBs and the pass pro—I mean the pass scheme—to uh, kind of be a little bit more anticipatory of what's coming, so they can kind of be more aggressive.
2: We're talking with Marshall head football coach, Charles Huff, here on Box to Row. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with more of our conversation with Charles Huff. Keep it live. We we a God, it Aggie fans, North Carolina a and football returns home for Community Appreciation Day on Saturday, October 7th, against Villanova. Kickoff is at 4 p.m. Come out to Aggieland for free community services, including a flu shot clinic, health screenings, and a mobile mammogram unit. Purchase your tickets online at ncataggies.com and adhere to the clear bag policy. You can also call the ticket office at 336 334 7749. That's Saturday, October 7th at 4 p.m. NCAT versus Villanova.
0: With a Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and a Harlem Renaissance Whip, the neighborhood original.
2: Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwellies, Box, and Barica Soul. Do you need money right now? Have you already filed your ERC forms and been approved? How would you like to get the money in your bank account within 10 days? Couldn't you use that money right now to run your business? That is why you filed for it, right? So call us right now. As long as you've already filed and been approved, we'll advance the money to you. It's that simple. We've already funded millions of dollars in ERC money, and we're here to help you get the money you need right now to run your business. Again, if you've already filed your ERC application and been approved for the money, we can help you get the money in your bank account within 10 days from today but you've got to make this free call right now this is not a loan product and the offer is not available in the state of massachusetts
3: 800-380-4301 800-380-4301 800-380-4301 that's 800-380-4301
0: you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Press row. To 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 row. row. Box to Row.
2: Charles Huff, the head football coach at Marshall, joins us here on the program. The Herd uh, have a nine-game winning streak and are going to be on the road on Saturday in Raleigh, taking on North Carolina State. Speaking of the Wolfpack, Coach Huff, your thoughts on some of the challenges the Wolfpack present.
1: Yeah, these guys are really good. Um, We're thinking about getting to the stadium like 30 or 40 minutes earlier because I don't know if they'll let us off the bus. That's how good their defense is. Um, So we're going to to try to figure out a way to, break down this wall. They do a really good job. They're aggressive. Their coaches have a really good scheme. They press through you. They force you kind of out of your comfort zone. Um, they're really good against the run. They're aggressive against the pass. Obviously coach Doran's been there for 10 years. And in today's college football, no coaches anywhere for 10 years. Um, so for him to be there that long and still have this success just shows that he's built the culture the right way. They play to a certain standard. Um, this will be the toughest thing we play all year. Um, Just based on pure, you know, 85 Power Five scholarships. That's no disrespect to anyone else we play, um, but the depth and the consistency in their program is going to challenge us. So, we're going to have to play really clean in order to have a chance to be successful. We can't go out and turn it over and miss tackles. All the things that we've done in spurts um, so far, we got to eliminate, and we got to find a way to to play to our standard. You know, it's not about going out and trying to beat NC state. It's about going out and playing to our standard. If our standard is good enough to beat NC state, then we will. Um, If it's not, we won't, but we got to focus on what we need to do rather than, Hey, we're playing this logo or this power five school. And we got to do something that we've never done. Well, that's unrealistic. We've got to play to the standard that we practice with every single day. We got to play to the standard that we meet with. We got to play to the standard of expectation of execution and if it's good enough, we'll win.
2: Yeah. You know, as unfortunate as it is uh, today, we're still talking about black head coaches. And uh, specifically in uh, FBS, you're one of, of a handful. As a matter of fact, it's you, uh, Mike Loxley, I believe, the only two. I think Syracuse lost, so maybe the only two that are undefeated um, at this point. A lot of people are watching Deion Sanders at Colorado and and believe that, as as a black coach if deon sanders has success it may bode well for other uh, black coaches i would say maybe the success you're having would in fact lead to uh success for other for other black head coaches to get uh opportunities as unfortunate as that is um do, do you feel you know i don't know maybe a, a, a sense of um of um, I don't want to say responsibility, but do you kind of do you kind of feel what I'm saying? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know, anytime you get an opportunity to pave a way for anybody, um, I think that's your your responsibility. I think it's your responsibility to leave any situation better than, you know, it was when you got there. I think it's your responsibility to just like our parents and ancestors and people that came before me, Tyrone Willingham, Dennis Green, um, all of those guys, Art Schell, you know, in the NFL, all of those guys made it easier for me to sit in the chair that I'm sitting in. Um, and I think it's my job to make it easier for, you know, someone growing up, you know, it's four or five years old. and wants to be a, a head coach. Um, it's my job to make it easier. Um, I don't think it's necessarily my job to force the hand of a, you know, a school or a company or whatever to hire someone, but I think it's my job to do the best that I can so that someone may say, Hey, this guy reminds me of Charles Hubb Doesn't matter what color he is. He has some of the same traits. You know, I think we, we follow, um, the greats in our, in our history, and our tradition, Um, and everything, right? You know, this guy reminds me of Kobe Bryant. This guy reminds me of Michael Jordan. This guy reminds me of Larry Bird, whatever it may be. But it's because of the traits and the characteristics that people show on a daily basis. And I think that's my responsibility to show those traits and characteristics on a daily basis so that the way can be paved and I can, you know, pass down what was passed down to me from some of those guys.
2: And in the same vein as an HBCU grad, because again, as mentioned, you're only the second. Of course, Willie Jeffries, the first at South Carolina State. I mean, in the same vein as an, as an HBCU grad, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you say, well, what side of the tracks did you grow up on? If you grew up on this side of the tracks and you've never seen anybody from that side of the tracks make it any higher than whatever that level is, it's hard for you to be able to visualize yourself, you know, making it. So me coming from Hampton University to historically black university and being able to sit in the chair I'm in, maybe that gives someone else, um, you know, the vision or at least the the, the pathway to say, hey, even though I went this route in college, I can still chase my dreams at the highest level. Uh, And I think that's something that um, subconsciously I carry every day, you know, and the way I conduct myself and the way I make decisions that affect, you know, multiple people, Um, you know, because I think, again, if you you don't necessarily see it, it's hard to think that you can achieve it. And hopefully I'm a small beacon of light for, you know, someone along the way, and maybe it's not football coach, maybe it's CEO, maybe it's, you know, doctor, lawyer, whatever it is. Um, I hope that, you know, my presence and my work consistently shows that, Hey, you can make it from whatever path you may take.
2: Three last thoughts. I look at your coaching resume started out, you know, at Tennessee state, then went to Maryland, Hampton, Vanderbilt, even to the national football league with the Buffalo bills, Western Michigan, Penn state, Mississippi state, Alabama uh and then of course now uh at Marshall was it always your you know is this being a head coach uh whether it's college or or even at the professional level I'm assuming that's something you always wanted to be
1: yeah I've I've wanted to be you know a coach since I was five years old you know when I when I was six um you know I I remember this vividly I know it's hard to say what do you remember at six but my dad always brings it up you know I I told my dad I wanted to be the first African-American head coach to win a national championship Uh, we were watching Lou Holtz and Notre Dame on TV and they won a national championship and I said I want to do that and my dad said you know an an African-American coach has never done that son and I remember vividly I said I want to be the first Um, and kind of from that moment on that's been the path that I've been on you know And, and I don't have a you know, a destination. Hey, I got to get to this school or that school to do it. I just, that's just what I want to accomplish in my life. I want to be, um, you know, the, the kind of the pave the road for, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are. You can coach at a major college level and you can win an national championship um, if you have the right plan, the right process, the right resources. Um, so that's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, you know, hopefully the good Lord allows me to be able to continue throughout my career to get to a point or a place where, I have an opportunity to do that.
2: And then I mean Joe Taylor has a tremendous coaching tree. Um you th- you played uh for coach Taylor. Um your thoughts on first of all playing for coach Taylor and and who he means to you?
1: Yeah, he he was kind of like the the professional father figure that, you know, I I never got a chance to see, you know, he was the the head coach who was able to have the CEO mindset, but was also able to relate to young men and, you know, and kind of change them from being knucklehead boys into you know, polished and professional men. Um, And I watched him do that. And what stood out to me was the effect he had on young men's lives. And I watched, you know, guys come in from all over the country rough around the edges. And I look at them now and there's doctors, lawyers, heart surgeons, military personnel, NFL players. Um, and, And I know the messages and the, um, standards and the pillars of the program that he forced us to kind of stand on um, has made us all who we are um, in our own rights. Um, and, and I saw that and I saw that firsthand and I said, like, that, that's what I want to be. You know, um, I, I want to be the coach that can do it all. And you know, I want to call plays. I want to have, you know, a great schematical mind to be able to help players achieve. I want to be able to help men mature. I want to be able to take kids that are rough around the edges and show them a daily model of what uh, what it looks like to be a man, what it looks like to be um, an African American in a in a major CEO position. You know, I want to show them, hey, every guy that you see in a suit, you are not in trouble. You know, you're not, you know, going to see your your parole officer. You know, men can wear suits and not be um, law enforcement or wear job interview. This is how you know this is how it's done. And I was able to see that firsthand for myself, and that's something that I've always tried to kind of emulate um, in my day to day walk.
2: And then what do you remember most about your days at Hampton?
1: You know, it was probably the camaraderie of the guys. You know, I think that, that value gets a little lost in today's world just because, you know, Transfer Portal, NIL, everyone kind of has their own brand. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have TikTok. We didn't have that type of Instagram, that world. Uh, we had each other, you know, so our our brand was our football team brand. You know, you didn't have one guy who was, you know, selling T-shirts on the side and had his own business and those type of things. And nothing's wrong with that. It's just times have changed. Um, and what has happened now is you become uh, collectively individualized. Um, and we didn't have that back then. It was us. We were together. You know, back then, everyone stayed around for three or four years. It was, I mean, for four or five years of school then. Uh, now it's more three or four. Um, so you kind of grew up together. You grew as men, you know, and you watched guys evolve, you know. So that that that's probably what I miss the most.
2: Again, the Marshall is 4-0 on the season. Charles Huff is the head football coach in his third season. Marshall going to be right here in Raleigh on Saturday, taking on North Carolina State. And the Herd has a nine-game winning streak as Charles Huff joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Huff, really appreciate your time, appreciate your candor, continued success to you and the Herd.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate you having us on. I appreciate you covering the Herd. And Best of luck to you and all your listeners. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys out there cheering on Saturday, man. Go Herd. React to anything Charles
2: Huff had to say on X or on Facebook. Keep it locked. Up next, Michael Bivens of New Edition and BBD Fame. This is your weekly edition of the HBCU Blitz, powered by Box Tarot. i I'm Donald Ware. First, I'm going to take you to Elizabeth City, North Carolina, for the CIAA matchup between Elizabeth City State and Johnson C. Smith. Let's pick things up in the fourth quarter. Elizabeth City State leading twenty to seven, but Johnson C. Smith driving.
0: Shida McCullough, and now Adams. He's going to sneak it, push from behind. It's going to be a score. Touchdown, Johnson C. Smith.
2: Two-yard touchdown run, and the Golden Bulls pulled to within 20-14. to 14. Now, further into the fourth quarter, with a little more than two minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, Johnson C. Smith looking to take the lead. Adams takes the snap, gives it. McCullough bounces it right side. He's going to score.
0: Shy McCullough. An eight-yard rushing touchdown.
2: My man, Clay Mercer, on WRBS. That proved to be the game winner as Johnson C. Smith made it 4-1 on the season, defeating Elizabeth City State 21-20. Now to montgomery alabama for a swag matchup between alabama state and alcorn state let's pick things up midway through the third quarter with alabama state leading 13 to 10 and alcorn state with possession Allen looking left they're gonna take a deep shot here one-on-one
0: with hunt and he's got it. it's gonna you be go. a touchdown he go. material hunt with the touchdown 53 yards from Aaron
2: Allen, and Alcorn State regained the lead 17-13. to 13. Now, we're going to move into overtime. The game nodded at 20 apiece. And Alcorn State to attempt the field goal. Kick is up, and the kick is good. good. Noah Keani from 30 yards out to give the Braves the three-point lead. Could Alabama State either tie or win the game? Jade and John on
0: to tie it, snapback ball now, kick is up, and the kick is no good, no he missed good. it, 37-yard field goal, missed by John, and the Braves winning in overtime.
2: My man, Charles Edmund. On WPRL, twenty-three to twenty, the Braves defeat Alabama State. For the Braves, their first SWAC win of the season. Now, let me take you to Norfolk State for the matchup between Norfolk State and North Carolina A&T. We're going to pick things up on the second play of the game. The Aggies with possession, and it's a keeper by White. He's got room. He's going to take it all the way to the house. 20-yard line, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Aggies. From 65 yards, but the true freshman from right up the road in Newport News wasn't finished. Ball is at the Norfolk State 40, this time three receivers to the near side. Kenji Christian is the lone setback with K.J. White. He has the snap. It's a quarterback run. White running with the football, tripped up, he's loose, down the right sideline, he's in. Touchdown Aggies. That run with 11 13 remaining in the third quarter put ANT ahead 21 to 12. Now let's move to the fourth quarter. Late AT leading 28 to 20 and the Spartans driving out of the gun. It's a play fake. Cooks rolling to the near sideline. Looking in the end zone for the receiver. Caught. touchdown. Norfolk State. Tavion Moore is on the reception. From 10 yards out, the Spartans would need the two-point conversion. To tie, As geese comes in motion, Coont has the snap. Koontz under pressure. coach is knocked Go. away. Look at B.J. Turner making another phenomenal play. Yours truly on the Aggie Sports Radio Network. The Aggies would hold on, get their first victory of the season, defeating Norfolk State 28-26. And in Santa Clara, California. Now the stamp from center. job steps up. He gets sacked! Back on the 45-yard line. Who was it? The Hull Former South Carolina State star and botched to row Willie Davis, two-time defensive player of the year, Javon Hargrave, with another sack. The 49ers went on to defeat the Giants 30-12. That audio courtesy of KN on the weekend edition of Box to Row, we'll catch up with the second HBCU alum of all time who's a head coach at an FBS program, Charles Huff, the head football coach at Marshall. Box to Row, the radio show, airs weekly on radio stations across the country and on Sirius XM. For more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. I think out oh,
0: she's like that with all the
2: gas. Yo, I love being a bachelor. Ricky said, yo, that girl's a good catch for you. Michael Bibbins, Michael Bibbins joining us in a couple of moments here on Box to Row. Again, Marshall, head football coach, Charles Huff, in the last segment. I think the Thundering Herd can beat North Carolina State. I mean, I, I think that the Herd should be in the top 25, but possibly will get in. I know... Uh, North Carolina State coming off the tough loss last week, to heartbreaking loss to Louisville. Definitely a tough task for the herd against North Carolina State. And of course, we'll see how things all play out. Let's keep things moving here on the program. I'm gonna tell you what we got a special guest. We got royalty on the line, as a matter of fact. And you know, coming up back in the '80s, huge, huge new edition fan like. A bigger fan of New Edition than even Michael Jackson. And those that remember the 80s, I mean, you had, you know, the 80s was it, man. You had Madonna, you had, you know, George Michael, you had Lionel Richie, you know, Prince. I mean, it was huge, right? So, also, he's a founding member of New Edition, founding member of BBD. And check this out. His documentary, as a matter of fact, The Hustle of At 617, Mike Biv, he is Michael Bivens, and he joins us here on the program. What's going on, Mike Biv?
3: Good morning, man. A lot of good energy. It's a beautiful October 5th, man. How's everything with you, Donna? Huh?
2: Uh man, look, everything is cool, man. I'm glad we're able to connect and uh and have this conversation. So let me get to it. Let me just get right to the documentary. Talk about. It. I know this has been a documentary that for you that has been in the works for quite some time. Tell us a little bit about it.
3: Man, well, I actually call it a docu film, because it it moves different than a documentary, so it's um takes on a different type of flavor. But um, it's a story that crosses between music and sports and um community and just um family and just um you know the trials and tribulations of the music business. You know, I don't really take you down this real deep, sad path, but I do have a moment where I had a car accident that was um really just like you know help me understand my purpose so while i'm still here and um i think when people watch it they'll just get an idea this they just get some insight of what it's like from 1968 to 2000 and 2023 so you know it's, it's a journey man it's great i i don't really think there's no other doctor film out like it and after the doctor film goes out i um Ask the we TV all-black TV channel to not premiere the first single from the Hustler 617 Mike Bibb doc, um, soundtrack. So as soon as the documentary goes off, BBB featuring Rev Run from Run DMC's brand-new video, first single from the soundtrack, Act Like You Know, premieres tonight, man. So it's a great night of entertainment.
2: No doubt. I know you gave us a bit of a sneak peek uh, on uh, your uh, on your Instagram page, well, I'm, I'm assuming it will also re-air. Correct?
3: Yeah, the re-air again. Mm-hmm. Streaming now on all black, but so it's, it's it's a great cable look, and you know I'm just really excited about it.
2: Yeah, no doubt. WeTV has done some really really good things, particularly um, in the you know hip hop space, R and B space, um, et cetera, Really for all people, but, um, but specifically R and B and and, and hip hop. Uh, listen, forty years. 40 years and and like I said I remember so I remember you know growing up in the Washington area big new edition fan I remember going out and buying the first tape Candy Girl like I went to Kent Mill Records and bought the tape was so excited about it Uh, speak to me man 40 years of new edition I mean does it seem like it's been 40 years
3: it feels great man it feels like it's been a very long time man and I don't really count the years, man. I just smile at the, the fact that we're still here. You know, we're still doing it and it just feels amazing, man. You know, that we're in our 40th anniversary and you know, we just get to show people what it's like to have staying pile and, and have an audience that just loves you. You know, our audience loves us and that, that's, that's the part that feels the best.
2: No doubt you guys are and it's interesting, man. Like I was at the I had I did a live show uh from the SWAC tournament in Birmingham in March. Had no idea. I'm I'm so I'm 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 not happy because I had no idea you guys were in Birmingham the same Saturday that I was there, and it was crazy because I'd gone downtown Birmingham for something else, and it was shut down. You guys really shut it down you know speak about i don't I don't guess you're still on tour right now, but speak about you know this, this this latest tour you guys were on
3: it was a great tour it was um it was exactly just a good opportunity for us to get out there to see our fans and for our fans to see us live in person, which they've been doing for years so it was great man it was amazing you know you can't you can't do nothing man but just being thankful that people still come out and spend their money to come see you.
2: That, the voice of Michael Bivens, as he joins us here on the program. Matter of fact, he's going to be our celebrity guest picker on today's program. Look, I got to ask you, man, because, I mean, not only New Edition, man, and, and then, of course, founding member uh, of BET, but you, I mean, Boys to Men, ABC, the East Coast Family, you know what I mean, MC Brains, man. What what comes to your mind when you think about just you being a music mogul, just not even all about New edition and, and and BBD, but some of the uh, these acts and some of the other acts that you've helped to launch their careers.
3: Um, I enjoyed my um, production company when I launched ABC in Boston, and it was um, it was a great, you know, just a great time, great talent, and um, you know, you couldn't do nothing but just uh, appreciate the uh, the fact that they want to learn and they wanted to, you know, give it their all to get where they had to go. So it was a beautiful, beautiful moment for
2: me. Listen, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I know you're a huge sports fan. As you mentioned, your docu series crosses, you know, music uh, and sports. I know you're a big Celtics fan, being from Roxbury, from 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 the Boston area. Now, you know, as a Washingtonian, I'm a huge, huge Wizards fan. I love what Kristaps Porzingis did for the Wizards uh, on last year. The wish, even though the Wizards weren't very good. Um, but man Mm -hmm. getting getting that guy in addition to all of what you 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 were just able to sign drew man you guys are looking really really good for this upcoming season
3: well you know the good thing about it is you're not going to know until the season starts you know a lot of people got all these expectations You, you you know you got the sports analysts i just think boston still needs a big man that's just it to me i mean i I see the trade that just happened, but I still think we need a big man and a shooter, pure shooter, Larry Bird shooter, Ray Allen shooter. Then I then I think we could really talk about having a um a season where we just run through the East and make our way to
2: the West. What do you What do you think about? I mean, I know he's not a pure shooter, but uh, Porzingis brings a lot to the table. What do you think about that addition?
3: I think he's a power forward. I don't think he's a center. He just, he's just like a Kevin McHale. He's just tall, lanky, this, down and the third. I think we still need the middle. When we gave up Robin Williams, we gave up the centerpiece. You know, when we win, we got Paris. When we win, we got Garnett. We don't have that. You know, Porzingis and, um, and um, Horford, to me, are both fours. Neither one of them are a legitimate five. Yeah. Not for the fives that are in the league. I mean, look what Phoenix did. Didn't they get with of Anton? So you see what they were thinking. And he's a big boy, right? I heard he got out of there. So you know, it's important to have that middle man. That middle is everything. That's the anchor of the, of the defense.
2: Yeah. So I like what you're saying because basically, I mean, you, you, you uh, are not just a fan oh say, "Oh, it's all a you know the Celtics are going to win." So who do you who do you think comes out of the East then, and and then out of the West for that matter?
3: Um. I, I don't know. I, I I'm waiting to see how Sacramento keeps developing, what they um what they're gonna do to um get where they gotta go. You know, and um you know the, you could never count out the Lakers, you know. LeBron is smart and um you know, Memphis had a thing going on, Tajah got into his thing and you know, you, you don't know, you know, and we don't we don't know what's gonna happen in Dallas in that backcourt. I mean if they figure it out, that could be a problem. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a lot of teams, and and out of the East, I, I don't know, man. I gotta watch. Yeah, I'm just not one of those pickers, man. I'm one of them steers, cause you know somebody may be coming off of an injury, someone may be coming to the team, the chemistry's not right. So I li- I like to watch, man, and I don't just watch the favorites. I watch the East. I want to see what Cleveland doing. I want to see what Milwaukee about to do. I want to see how Miami bounce back. You know, shoot. Let's see what Toronto do. Let's just get into it. You see, Brooklyn is holding my attention. Teams that you wouldn't think of, the Chicago's, this, that, and the third. So I'm, I'm just an open book player. That's the type of ball player I am. Let me see and then ask me. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no no I, 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 no I like that I really like that the one and only Michael Bivens of of course of new edition BBD fame joining us here on the program uh, Mike Biv your thoughts man on, on just generally speaking uh, specifically maybe R&B and hip hop on music today
3: I think um, hip hop has um, allowed the the generation of the 80s and 90s to have a great celebration, the last month or two. And I think radio is still playing young records, but I think the older generation is doing the shows and people are getting a chance to get your version of hip hop rather be the young version, the new version, just out in the third. And I just think, man, you know, you, 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 how you doing? That's all. Right. I think you just kind of go with what you like, you know. Some people in our era don't like the new stuff. They say they can't understand the lyrics. You know, and then some people from this generation don't like the old school because they feel like people had their time. <laughs>
1: right.
3: All of it is fun to me, man. You know, because the thing is, right? You know what hip-hop is? Who's putting butts in the seat? Who's selling records? The rest of that stuff is just a bunch of likes and a, and a bunch of comments, man. But as you go into the box office and as you going home with a check, as people leaving saying, yo, that show was crazy. You know, you 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 get out of what the people think is hot and you get into what the people saying is hot.
0: Mm.
2: Mm. Mm. Very well said. I, I like that. Hold the line for me one second. We've got Michael Bivens joining us here on Box to Row. He's our celebrity guest. Picker And we're going to get into those picks. He's going to pick the winners of two HBCU football games, two FBS football games, and two NFL football games. He's going to do that on the other side. More of Box to Row is on the way. Aggie fans, North Carolina a t football returns home for Community Appreciation Day on Saturday, October 7th against Villanova. Kickoff is at 4 p.m. Come out to Aggieland for free community services, including a flu shot clinic, health screenings, and a mobile mammogram unit. Purchase your tickets online at ncataggies.com and adhere to the clear bag policy. You can also call the ticket office at 336 334 7749. That's Saturday, October 7th at 4 p.m. NCAT versus Villanova. See you there.
0: and a Harlem Renaissance with me, the Neighborhood Original.
2: Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina, served in total wine all over North Carolina, all Weaver Street Markets, Harris Teeter, Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwellies, Salt Box, and Barica Soul.
0: The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Oh, cool. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment, here's the man to bring it to you, Donald. Ware. Uh, again, the one and
2: only Michael Bivens joining us here on the program. Okay, so now he's our celebrity guest picker. So let's, you, M- Mike Biv, you ready, man? Let's let's get into these. Uh, let's get into these picks. Hey
3: man, listen, I'm just gonna pick because you know what, football is kind of like. When I'm going to play Lotto, man, I'm just picking numbers, man. <laughs> go. All
2: right, very good. Okay, let's, a couple of HBCU games, man. Grambling at Alcorn State. Wow, that's interesting.
3: I used to always see Grambling on Thanksgiving. Love the black and gold. Alcorn, hmm. And I don't know the schedule, and I like the fact I didn't look at it. So I'm guessing. For today, just because I'm going to go nostalgic, I'm just going to say Grammy. <laughs> All
2: right. Nope, nope. That's fair enough. Love that. Uh, so now we got this annual Morehouse-Tuskegee Classic, which has been going on for over uh, 90 years. Uh, Morehouse versus Tuskegee in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, let me let me just preface it. Morehouse does not have a win on the season. Tuskegee uh, is undefeated on the season. Your thoughts on who wins that game?
3: Um well it's not in Atlanta, right? Correct. It's somewhere else. And you saying that they're doing good. I, I guess I go with who has the um who has the flavor, who has the um the the, the the thing right now. So I I'll probably go Tuskegee. Okay.
2: I'll
3: go there. All right. I'll keep it simple. And, and I'm just riding with the wave, you know. I wish I had a, a rebuttal, but I don't. <laughs>
2: No, it's good. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. I, 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 look, I mean, in all honesty, I'm I'm, I'm with you, man. Because it, it, just so you know, Morehouse. Uh, um, ever since Rich Freeman, they they let Rich Freeman go. Morehouse did about a couple of years ago. Program hadn't been uh, the same. So, uh, so no, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I definitely would go Tuskegee there, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's a, a couple of you know they got the Red River Classic um, in Dallas, Oklahoma. Uh, is is uh, well? It's not at Texas, but Oklahoma and Texas get together. Uh, who do you think wins that game? Texas.
3: I'm uh. gonna go with Texas. All right. You know, I just feel like uh, I don't know if the Sooners is the same of back in the day, so I'm gonna go with Texas. The Longhorns just look like they, you know, stay ready. Seem like their recruitment just keeps coming in back to back to back.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Top five team, of course, getting ready, along with uh, Oklahoma, getting ready to make the move uh, to the SEC. Speaking of SEC, Alabama at Texas A&M. Let me
3: see. You know, that's interesting. Go Tide. I got a lot of friends from the Tide, so I'm just going to go there. All right. you All know, right. I know a lot of folks that know the folks. So I'm going to just say that I ain't even going to play with it. You know, you can't, you know, you, you, you can't go with the tie. They seem to always come through. So I'm going
2: to ride that out. All right. Nope. Love it. Love it. All right. Last two picks from the national football league. Now, I, you know, I don't I, I I probably should not have assumed. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna put your you know, sort of your hometown team, if you will, in this. Uh we have the Saints at the Patriots. Your thoughts.
3: I think we'll get that win. I think we get that win. You know, I just think Belichick is tired of losing. <laughs> so the Saints might gotta just be the you know, be the team that we bounce back on. I think we'll get that game.
2: All right. And then the big game, uh, the night uh, the night game, Cowboys at 49ers. Could be a preview of the NFC Championship game. Your thoughts?
3: 49ers. That's it. <laughs> I just think the 49ers is tough. you know, I've seen the Cowboys do their thing last weekend. i just go with the 49 That's the West Coast game, right? Or is that in Dallas?
2: No, it's, it's in Santa Clara. Yep, it's in Santa Clara. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think the fans and the tradition and the vibe, I'll go with that. And I ain't got nothing against the Cowboys. I just didn't used to bet on them as a kid. I was a Steelers fan in the 70s, so I never got there, so I'm still not there. <laughs> even, <laughs> if five oh, even if they was 5-0, and even if they was 5-0, and I would still go for 49ers. <laughs>
2: I'm with you. Imagine me. I feel you, cause I'm a I'm a Commanders fan. So you know how you know how I feel about <laughs> about that particular game. Um, mm-hmm. Last last thought before we let you get out of here. You know, got the docu film. What's what's next for you? Um, the
3: soundtrack man. Releasing these singles. You know, we got a video coming on tonight. Act like you know. And then um, I got a record with Johnny Gill and myself. And then Ronnie and I got a record with Snoop Dogg. And then I got the new edition song coming just before the album drops in February 2024. That's what's next, man. That's the focus. Ain't nothing in front of it. Ain't nothing beside it. And ain't nothing behind
2: it. That's it. Man. He keeps it busy. Music exec. Music mogul. Entertainer of new edition and BBD fame. Also brought us ABC MC Brains, Boys to Men, so many others. Don't forget the docu-film tonight, The Hustle of At 617, Mike Biv, tonight, 9 p.m., 8 central on WE TV. The, on, the one and only Michael Bibbins joining us here on the program. Mike Biv, really appreciate the time, man. Continued success in all you do.
3: My man, thank you, brother. And let me know, hit me up on the email. Let me know what you think once you put your eyes on it. All right, right, will do,
2: man. Appreciate you. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir, you too. Looking forward to watching the docu-film, and you can find it, as a matter of fact, right now on All Black. Again, react to anything that Michael Bivens had to say. He says, hey, uh, my Celtics are solid, but uh, we need a big man. That's That's what Michael Bivens says. So you can react to that, any of his picks. Hit us up via X or Twitter at BoxToro B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We've got some intriguing games, some pretty, pretty good games. You know, we're still at a point in the season where we're not quite there yet. We're almost at the midway point of the season, and so that said, we've you know there're not a whole lot of games that have really big implications i mean you got a big game next week with benedict and fort valley state that's a thursday night game on espn2 that shows you the magnitude of that game and of course if you're both of them i mean benedict's got a dog fight this week against miles like miles's only loss on the season was to arkansas pine bluff that's no gimme miles is playing some really good football i think benedict uh is playing well, maybe uh, in and in Chenisbury, I've read what he said. I mean, they're not, you know, they did what they needed to do to win last week, not a dominating performance, but able to win that football game last week. And so they've got a dogfight. Can't look ahead at all, at all to the game against Fort Valley state on Thursday night. Got to keep the focus. I mean, that's one of the really, really big games. Uh, and, you know, we we may take a look at that game a little bit more in depth on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, which, of course, you can find uh, on the box to row YouTube channel as well as on Box2Row.com. So I mentioned the West Virginia State-Notre Dame game. I'm, I'm going to tell you a game I'm intrigued by a little bit, and I'm going to tell you why. Howard and Northwestern. OK, you've got a lot going on with the Northwestern program coming off a beat down uh, against Penn State. Um, you look at Howard coming off a solid win. I mean, all wins are good wins. I mean, What you know, Robert Morris isn't the greatest team, but I mean, they beat Robert. You know, the Bison beat Robert Morris soundly, 35 to 10 and. This was a Howard team, again, a loss against Hampton. Hampton came back uh, in the fourth quarter scoring, uh, making up the 14-point deficit to win that football game in Washington, D.C., going back a couple of weeks ago. But I think this is a Howard team that's that's learned from that football game. And it's a team, remember, early on in the season that put up some points against Eastern Michigan in the second half. I think Quentin Williams, the quarterback, is playing solid, some solid football. So if he can, you know, not make mistakes, you know, this is a game, you know, this is a game Howard can really compete in. Okay. I really feel that way. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm trying to think back. I mean, you can go way back in the day to when Florida A&M beat Miami. I think it was 1979. I mean, hasn't HBCU ever beaten a power five? Of course, we weren't calling uh, the school's power fives back then. More recent history. I mean, nothing's coming to mind. I mean, you've got some games where HBCU have beaten FBS opponents. I mean, heck, Howard beat UNLV. What was that, 2016 or 2017? And, you know, you've had some other wins. I mean, you know Bethune Cookman's beaten you know a Florida International or you know ANT's and T's beaten uh, a um, a a ECU um, you know and a couple of other FBS programs as well. But I'm trying to think more recently, if we had an HBCU to beat a Power Five, but I, I mean I think you know I like I like Howard, like I like you know uh, giving Howard a chance in this football game, um, or at least a, uh, playing well at the minimum. I think Howard plays well. In this football game, you got Old corn state and grambling hosted by Old corn state, the Western division still in the uh, SWAC up for grabs. Although right now it's grambling, uh, in Southern and PV, but Old corn States right there as well. So some intriguing, you know, some solid football games this weekend. And so, you know, Southern and Florida a and I mean, Florida a and I think is running away with everything, but Southern wants to keep pace you know, uh, certainly with Grambling in that Western Division doesn't want a blemish on their, uh, the Jaguars don't want a blemish on their conference record, and that game is being played in Baton Rouge. Listen, got to run here on Box to Row. Thank you to Charles Huff. Thank you to Michael Bivens for joining us today here on the program. Great content, HBCU coaches and media polls. Players of the week. As a matter of fact, let's mention those players of the week right now. North Carolina Central quarterback Davius Richard, responsible for five touchdowns in the Eagles' big victory, come from behind over Campbell. BJ Turner, the linebacker for AT, 19 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss in the victory over Norfolk State. And then Isaiah Freeman through Four touchdown passes in the victory over Winston-Salem State. Learn more about all of them on our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo, box. Toro is produced by DW Communications. Don't back relax. I'm running the show. I could
3: It was much too late. That girl had got me